When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into A to Z Sports Primetime on this Monday evening on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch. I'm Buck Rising, and I'm proud, as always, to be presented to you by the Ashton Real Estate Group of Remax Advantage. GaryAshton.com is where you go for your dream address without the stress. Speaking of day ones, the Ashton team is the place that you can go to get the Intel Edge. Gary Ashton is our day one around here. Super, uh, excuse me, True Math Fitness in the Gulch. TrueMathFitness.com is where you go for your first workout free as a Middle Tennessee resident and to get the best fitness plan in Middle Tennessee. TrueMathFitness.com for all of their great membership options and the law offices of Amanda J. Gentry. Wherever justice demands, she's a fan of the Titans, but she's a fan of your constitutional rights even more so. Make sure that you are protected with the best in the business, AmandaJGentry.com is where you go. Uh, a couple of comments making me laugh. Uh, your A1 from day one says, Corey D. Jackson, uh, Buck being humble. This is already a great show. Don't worry, it won't last. <laughs> Stokely says, Buck provides access and sass. Yes, indeed. We, will, uh, we do deliver on both of those fronts. Uh, so I think that when you look at the kind of, when you look at Malik's circumstances, right, heading into 2023, um, Malik Willis is as interesting a player as they have on the roster this year, right? You understand how high people's hopes were uh, for uh, for Malik heading into last season. You understand how far short of expectation uh, they collectively fell. Maybe not he collectively, not him, he himself fell, but I thought that uh, I thought that Malik Willis. We all understand the circumstance that he dropped, that he was dropped into. We've talked about it over and over and over again. It was not fair, his first opportunity coming when it did. But the reality of the situation is that's the first opportunity that he got. And we've talked, we've spent some time on this previously. These are hardly ever pitch, picture perfect scenarios that these dudes are dropped into in the middle of. Now, I think that uh, Mr. Jones says Malik was drafted knowing he needed to develop that's not him failing. That's him growing. And honestly, I've never, uh, I've never agreed with a comment from Mr. Jones more. He did fail to an extent. He failed in in the sense that he was put into the lineup after Ryan Tannehill went down, with the expectation that they would try and that they would try and give themselves the best opportunity to win football games. He was ultimately not the best opportunity that they had to win football games. They brought in Josh Dobbs. They made a change at quarterback and they were not able to have a win loss success or winning success to end their season under Dobbs, but they were definitely in better hands as far as a professional quarterback is concerned. Now, uh, MB puts it into uh, even an even different kind of context. That's the Titans failing Malik. And I would say that I, I, again, you can't completely absolve him from blame, 
but you knew that you would be grading Malik on a different kind of curve than, say, Levis would be graded on, or Trevor Lawrence, obviously a much different prospect. Even, even, uh, even Kenny Pickett, right, as a first-round first pick, the only first-round pick at quarterback in that quarterback class from a year ago, Malik Willis, uh, you grade him on a different curve, right? It was always going to be a slow burn. Rockstar says Malik Willis is with the garbage uh, garbage can emojis indicating that he's trash. I would say uh, I would say that when you look at Malik, I don't think that that I think the scenario, the situation itself, I would agree with your assessment. The situation was trash. Uh, Malik was not anywhere close to ready to be able to handle the level of the degree of difficulty of what he was dropped into the middle of. But uh, we talked to Malik today, and I thought you could you could just tell that he has that perspective that in the same way that we talk about the difference in Traylon Burks being night and day, his approach, his confidence, the way that he uh, carries himself, the way that he executes, um, that's evident with a lot of these second-year guys. And you see rookies come into their own all the time, or guys in their second year come into their own from having rocky starts or shaky starts as uh, as as rookies in the NFL that won't, won't be the first time that it happens and certainly won't be the last time that it happens but you do definitely see Malik carrying himself and 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 participating in practice at a much higher level now whether it's good enough for them to keep him on the 53 man roster when training camp ultimately comes to an end it's entirely too early to say and we'll have preseason games on Saturday I'm flying up to Chicago on Friday night I'll have uh, coverage for you from uh, Chicago on Saturday, of course, and uh, we'll fly back to Chicago, from Chicago to Nashville Saturday night after the game. Uh, we'll be uh, looking forward to looking forward to just covering games again. It's just you know that's the whole reason I do my job. I love covering games. And it's going to be awesome to get back out there. And I think this preseason is more interesting than most because instead of you know Logan Woodside and uh, Matt Barkley duking it out for backup quarterback. These are legitimately high-level athletes who uh, I think are going to go on to have NFL careers, whether it's here or elsewhere in Levis and Willis. But I am fascinated to see how Malik, the application of what Malik has grown into, uh, how we see that, even in a, a less-than-real sample size of, of preseason football. Um, he'll have plenty of opportunity over the coming weeks to continue to solidify his position. But uh, Texas Titan says, we miss games and game coverage. Well, lucky for you, uh, wait no longer. It is game week uh, for the Tennessee Titans, kids. It's going to be a lot of fun. Davion Spade says, Malik Willis ain't no Steve McNair. Yeah, who? Okay, well, respectfully, like, who among you was dumb enough to compare him to the greatest quarterback in the history of Titans era football? Like, truly, which one of you was out here making the comparison? And I know, listen. And I love you all to death. You know I do. But sometimes in the same way that you guys call me out when I'm full of shit, we got to call you guys out when you're full of shit. The idea that somebody, anybody at all, would compare Malik Willis to Steve McNair when Malik got here in his rookie year was asinine. That's the kind of expectations that people were putting on Malik Willis. Imagine that. For, for no other reason than he's black and he's mobile, what on earth are, is he garnering uh, comparisons to Steve McNair from some of you from for from some of you for that's it was crazy crazy the fact that that even exists ain't no Steve McNair of course he's not <laughs> Steve McNair was a co MVP <laughs> and maybe Malik maybe God knows what Malik may go on to be but uh, just 
just wild that that would even be something that people are comfortable uttering. <laughs> that is that really that really that 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 would be the kind of circumstance that this this young player coming from a small school and a different kind of offensive system, and certainly they're going to run at the pros. You know, I I hate and I don't want to accuse anybody of typecasting Malik and or uh, not typecasting Malik, but typecasting the comparison of Malik because of their uh, of Malik with McNair because of their race. But I mean, beyond that, what? Why? Why do that to Malik? Right? Why do that to Malik? It's it's not a it's it's a tough, especially because Steve's gone, and you'll always, you know, I think the passing of somebody, you always remember them in even more favorable terms than maybe they, I don't want to say deserve to be remembered by, but like Steve McNair will always carry a heightened sense of sensitivity, heightened degree of sensitivity from Titans fans because Steve McNair is no longer with us. And Steve McNair is the guy, right? He's, he's air McNair. He's co-MVP with Peyton Manning. He's making a run to the first, uh, to the Super Bowl in the first year that the franchise was in Nashville. Like, I mean, it is it is very it's it's bizarre to me uh, that that would be a circumstance that people were comfortable dropping that quarterback into. So your two rivers four take is this on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and on Twitch is where you can drop it in the comment section. Uh, what are your expectations for Malik Willis this year? Uh, what are your expectations for this player heading into year two on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch? Now, again, there's no guarantee that he makes it to the regular season with the Tennessee Titans, but I still think that's a part of the expectations for some of you. What are your expectations for this player in his second season with this team at present? You let me know how you feel about it. We will discuss at length together right after I remind you that your Two Rivers Ford take is made possible by the wonderful people at Two Rivers Ford. Go to Two Rivers Ford for quality American-made Ford vehicles. The F-150 is one of the best-selling trucks anywhere, and Two Rivers Ford has been the top F-150 dealership in our area. 40 years doing business with honesty and integrity. Two Rivers Ford in Mount Juliet or online at tworiversford.com. So with Malik Willis and his circumstance, what are your expectations? At this stage, uh, Matt Hicks says there are no expectations of him. Cut him. Well, uh, Matt, I would say to you, uh, so we're it's August the 7th, right? I'm asking you your expectations on August the 7th. And while, you know, you guys will now have the opportunity with, uh, with preseason games to be able to see this and see how it plays out in real time and, and, and be able to marry what you've heard or read about Titans practice to date with now actual preseason games right so you guys will be able to more of you who haven't been able to attend practice um because some of you i have seen at practice but obviously you know the vast majority of people haven't been able to get out there your expectations of malik might still be last year's malik right and it's i'm here to tell you that it's not last year's malik willis my expectation of him on august the 7th i'll, I'll explain just here here in a little bit but i do want you to hear from malik willis himself kind of talking about the context and the way that he's coming into the season. Cause it's just, it's such a, res- a refreshing perspective that I think you guys will find valuable in this, in this setting. Like, was there a certain point in time that that in particular clicked for you in your rookie season that you kind of understood where they were going with the messaging on that? Uh, I understood the whole time, but as I was saying, I mean, I came from an offense where we 
weren't as much under the center. We weren't as much sure. in the huddle, you know, having 10 word plays. We weren't doing that. So I had to get used to doing that. I had to learn to speak that language. I had to take a, just every aspect of the NFL game and try to apply it to my game and didn't have enough time to do it sure. successfully last year. But I'm not going to blame it on that. Just got to work harder, and that's what I did this offseason. So. Well, it's a whole new season, and, and that's that's the beauty of it. You know, obviously you, you, you take lessons from those reps and things like that, as anybody does. Uh, but at this point, it just it feels like a fresh slate for, for everybody who's coming in who, you know, might have had their their rookie season like Kyle and Traylon derailed for, for injury or all the different injury situations that you guys had to work through and different circumstances that you felt like your class was particularly thrust into maybe before uh, before you might have been ready. But, I mean, the value of those live game reps, there's really no other way to simulate. I know preseason is as close as you can get, but, like, to have those starts under your belt at this point, everything else has to feel like just a lot smoother from this point on, yeah? Yeah, it's almost no more surprises. You sure. Know? Uh, been in late games, been in games we're winning overtime, seen games uh, from the sideline with Ryan. We go up big, we go down big, try to how to bounce back. Just all those different scenarios and situations, and more, more than anything, that situational football, I think that's the most important thing that we needed to work on. Well, myself, uh, outside of just first and second down ball, third downs and uh, situational football, because that's what the difference is in this league, uh, third downs and situational football, those critical situations, those one plays that change the game's outcome. Yeah. And Titans quarterback Malik Willis. So that's a, a quick snippet of Malik on the radio show today. Again, that full interview you can uh, get via the podcast. Tomorrow we're going to talk to Josh Wiley, the rookie tight end. Uh, we have done Rand Carthon, Tajay Spears, uh, Will Levis, Malik Willis. Uh, oh, God, there's Sean Murphy Bunting. There's been a handful. Go check them all. Chig Conquo also has done the radio show, and we're only a couple of weeks through camp. We haven't even gotten to the first preseason game yet, so. Uh, you can always uh, you can always uh, get those interviews wherever you get your podcast. Just search the Buck Rising Show in your favorite podcast app. They're also available for you to watch in their entirety. We didn't have our normal camera set up today, uh, so the video quality was not my favorite. But uh, they do uh, stream these things live on the 104.5 The Zone YouTube channel, so you can also watch the full uh, Willis interview and all the interviews that we've done. At this point, uh, you need stone houses, Stephen King. You and punters need to be a thing. Well, listen, I, uh, I've, I've, we had Ryan on the show at some point last season. Uh, I think right after he said they broke the NFL record for average net punting yards or something ridiculous. Um, but uh, you know, there is, there is, uh, there, there is one part punter that is near and dear to my heart, and it would be difficult for Stonehouse to replace Brett Kern in my life. But, uh, you know, he's certainly, certainly got potential, right? You, know, you try not to get wandering eyes, right? It's like being in a relationship. <laughs> it's like that meme. You're holding hands with your girlfriend. You're walking by. You see another woman wa walk past you, and you look behind quickly to try and admire what is not yours at the point. But, you know, you try, not to, try not to get too ahead of yourself at that stage. Uh, so, yeah, I think, I think that the expectations for Malik Willis – my expectation is this dude makes the roster on August the 7th, right? Like preseason may change this three preseason games stand between us and the end of training camp. Right. So I may feel differently after Saturday, but like, as we sit here today, um, as we sit here today on August the 7th, he's not disposable. 
for the commenter who made the the comment earlier, and I'm sure he was not alone. I'm sure many of you echoed the same sentiment. I just I didn't have a chance to read through them all. Um, I'm sure many of you have the expectation that Malik Willis will be cut, and ultimately he may end up being cut at the end of this day. Davion or Davion, forgive me, says uh, cut or traded. He might be. That might still all that all still might happen. But on August the seventh. He is not disposable. He is not, uh, he is not, he's still the backup quarterback at this stage. Now, Levis has gotten a lot more snaps with the twos, and Willis did not have his best outing in, uh, in low red zone work today. They were trying to run, uh, you know, last sec, like, la- basically two-minute drill trying to hurry up and set up for a, a game-winning field goal. That That's the exercise that they were running. One of the exercises, one of the situational football exercises that they were running today. And Malik, you know, he was struggling to get the pass off. His biggest issue continues to be him holding the ball. And, you know, it doesn't mean that that's not correctable. And it doesn't mean that he doesn't still have a lot of work yet to do. I think he's pretty cognizant of that. In fact, if you listen to the interview, I think you come away Many of you are going to come away feeling a lot better about the place that Malik Willis is in this year, especially if you hear like the interview that we did with him last year in the same setting versus this year. It's like talking to two different guys, you know? Um, So I would say to you that Malik still has plenty of room for growth. But right now on August the 7th, if you're to ask me expectations prior to the preseason beginning, I would say that that dude is on the roster uh, at the end of the, uh, at, at, by the time the regular season hits, we will see what ultimately ends up happening. Uh, I think he does have the tools to be able to pull this off. It's just a matter of, can he put it together? This is a more fair opportunity than the one that he got last year. Uh, we'll see how he capitalizes at that stage. Uh, Music City Malik says, uh, not that he's got any bias with the Music City Malik handle, but uh, it says, talk about what he's done well also, if you want to be fair. Um, he's done, he's done plenty, uh, well, he has been a, more of a functioning NFL quarterback. Well, I, I think, listen, uh, you may not think I'm fair. Some of you from time to time, and maybe I'm not as fair as I think I am more often than not, but I think I have been infinitely fair, uh, with both of the quarterbacks at this stage. Um, and for, you know, in both my assessment of what Malik was last year, and in what Malik has been in training camp thus far. You are correct. It's a lot easier to, you know, because out of how many, let's say, let's say he took 100 practice, and let's just use Malik as the example, right? Let's say he took 100 practice snaps today, total, in uh, over the course of a, an hour and a half, two-hour practice. And of the 100 snaps that he took today, yeah, a lot of people are going to come out of that practice talking about the one play that he didn't make. Now, it was a critical situation, came up in the press conference. Vrabel didn't seem to think that it was any kind of disconnect. They just, you know, they want Malik to be cleaner operationally. That was an example of that. It is easier for us to ask questions, and you'll notice this, as, as I'm sure you have. It's easier for us to ask questions about what went wrong. Why didn't uh, why didn't it, uh, why did this happen this way when it was supposed to happen that way? Those are far easier questions to answer, um, than, uh, to answer or to ask rather 
than to go about saying, oh, Malik Willis did this, this, and this well, and Will Levis did this, this, and this well. Those aren't quite questions, right? We're, we're looking for answers as to why these players didn't perform, and it often comes out in a way that you might feel skews the narrative or you may feel uh, is, not, is not indicative of the proper sample size. What I'll say to you, uh, what I'll say to you is that uh, is that at this point, when you when you listen to the way that media and it's it's not going to be the same, and I can only speak for myself, right? But like I'm there to ask questions about things that didn't go right at practice, right? And there will be some positive stories that we talk about for but for the most part, we are evaluating, we are evaluating, okay, the kicker made, five kicks, but what about the six? Why did he hit it that way? Why did it come from this angle? Why did you feel like he could do it from here and Trey, or, you know, Shudak could do it from here and Trey Wolf could do it from there. Like that's, those are the questions that we're there to ask. And, and you may, you may, they do, they do tend to skew critical, but we are there to be critical. We're not there to, we're not there to cheer and root these guys on, you know, obviously I want Malik or, Trey Avery or Ryan Tannehill, Derrick Henry, like personally as human beings, I want them all to have tremendous success. I want them all to go on to have great professional careers, just as I'd, you know, I'd say the same for Travis Kelsey or Jonathan Taylor or uh, who's another random player, Jimmy Garoppolo, right? Like as human, as long as you're not a dirtbag, like, and I don't know those other guys. Like I know some of these dudes that I cover on a regular basis, but like I root for everybody to have, I root for all of you to have personal individual success I even root for Burt to have personal individual success even though he actively tries to undermine that on a regular basis uh, as he is currently doing right now to uh, we'll see if he undermines himself in just a few minutes I'm sure he will come prepared and uh, ready to go as the broadcast professional that he is but I would say to you that the questions being asked and the way that things are being discussed are from a critical lens are from a critical lens um those are the kind of things that that I think media is is striving to find out for you guys. And then you know, if you think that the coverage skews too critical, there's only so much. There's only you know, you can't make everybody happy, right? Uh, Jackie says of the of the other players, not nah, a hell with those guys. They aren't Titans. Well, like you guys can you guys can root for the Titans, and you know we love that uh, we love that y'all uh, you know support your favorite teams the way that you do. It's the reason why people like me have jobs, but, uh, you know, it's just not really, uh, I, I don't root like that. Right. It's not my job. Uh, Troy says a to Z sports. Oh, I assume that this is a question that's being asked directly to me. Uh, Willis expectations is to know his role and shut his mouth. Little jabroni. I don't know what any of that means, but that seems a tad harsh. Uh, so I would say, uh, reevaluate. And in fact, I hope that all of these guys can talk as much and early and often as they want to. And I don't know what the hell a jabroni is, but it doesn't sound, uh, doesn't sound like I bet Malik Willis wouldn't know what a jabroni is either. Anyway, uh, let's talk about uh, other players in this offense who we're curious about. Greg Cosell is in town. Uh, Greg and I had a lovely dinner earlier today. Uh, he flew in yesterday, as a matter of fact, and he's here to do some Titans training camp. Greg's having a lot of conversations with Titans coaches this week, and uh, we're not going to do an episode of the install in the traditional sense. Greg is uh, Greg did the final hour of the radio show with me today, and he'll do the final hour of the radio show with me tomorrow before he flies back to NFL Films headquarters in Philadelphia. But uh, Greg and I were talking a lot about Tim Kelly and the role of different players in this offense and how we might th- see these things start to develop in the preseason. So there is a question around Tajay Spears that I would like to ask you 
on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch. Another Titans player who we have had on the radio show and who I thought we did a fun interview with. How many carries do you think Tajay Spears gets this year behind Derrick Henry? On Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and on Twitch, we will discuss at length together right after I remind you that the uh, primetime show is made possible by the Ashton Real Estate Group of Remax Advantage. Go to GaryAshton.com. Get your dream address without the stress. The Intel Edge you need to succeed can be found at GaryAshton.com. So, uh, <laughs> uh, Burning Devil 2010 says, LOL, I guess Buck isn't a wrestling fan. No, Bert is our uh, is our wrestling correspondent around here. So if that was uh, the know your role, shut your mouth is the thing I, I've heard before. I'm certain. I just I couldn't tell you. Who that is, or why they're a jabroni, or what any of that means. That's that's beyond my uh, beyond my purview. Uh, so, how many catches, or rather, how many carries? Excuse me, how many carries do you think Tajay Spears gets this year behind Derrick Henry? Uh, Jackie says, I think touches would be a better way to phrase it. He's probably going to catch more balls than he carries. I don't necessarily know that's so, um, but I want to talk about carries. I'm not I'm not interested in him as a receiver. I'm talking about as a running back. How many carries you think this guy gets this year? Because the way that Greg kind of broke it down today about Derrick Henry, and a lot of us noticed Derrick getting caught more from behind last year than you know we're typically accustomed to. I thought Greg was very good in articulating the different plays that Derrick got caught from behind on that you noticed last year that you haven't noticed in years past. Um, so as you look at Derrick Henry in a contract year and you understand that they're exploring potential options beyond Derrick Henry and they're going to have to get guys like that snaps and we'll see what happens with Hassan Haskins he's still out there practicing for what it's worth as his legal situation continues to be up in the air how many carries not catches but carries do you think that this dude gets this season we'll talk about it together on Facebook YouTube Twitter and Twitch right after a quick reminder that the primetime show is presented by True Math Fitness in the Gulch go to truemathfitness.com for your first workout free a great uh, location conveniently located in the Gulch in downtown Nashville. No workout ever recycled or repeated, so they will always go above and beyond. Uh, True Math Fitness is going to have personal training. Also, they, they do have personal training. Their coaching staff is exceptional, and they always make sure that they are pushing you without you feeling overexerted. TrueMathFitness.com is where you go for your first workout free as a Middle Tennessee resident. So how many carries, not touches, not catches, how many carries does the backup running back who projects right now to be Tajay Spears, how many do you think he gets this year? So uh, I think a, uh, I think that when you look, um, I think that when you look at, uh, at um, the circumstance for the Titans, you understand, like I'll just pull up uh, the last year's leading rushers for Tennessee, and I'll give you context for how many uh, carries Dontrell Hilliard. Now, Dontrell Hilliard was different. Dontrell Hilliard was probably, for the bulk of the season, the best wide receiver that this team had. So you understand that Dontrell Hilliard's role was uh, slightly different than what it is that the Tennessee Titans uh, might be doing with a running back in this particular situation. But as a rusher last year, now Derek obviously led them 349 total rushing attempts. Second on that list was Ryan Tannehill, 34, right? Malik Willis, third on that list, 27. You have to go uh, three deep on this rushing 
uh, on this rushing total list. Uh, oh no, excuse me. Uh, I have that. Uh, no, I'm right. Okay, I was looking at yards, uh, but the the attempts are also correct. So 349 for Derek, 34 for Tannehill, 27 for Willis. You have to go three deep before you get to the two running backs. And the guy who played far more, uh, one guy who played far more than the other guy, Dontrell Hilliard over Hassan Haskins. Hassan Haskins actually has more carries than did Dontrell Hilliard. And the bulk of Hassan Haskins' carries, of course, came in that Cowboys game uh, where Derrick Henry and, and many other Titan starters were sat because there was no purpose in playing them. So it's interesting, right? Because Derrick is such a, a black hole for volume and at some point, he has to, you have to make life easier on him. You just have to make life easier on him. He's, if you want this dude to age gracefully, if you want this dude to be as valuable for you for as long as humanly possible, I know many of you want Derek back beyond this year, and that's fine, but you have to find a better way to do it, right? Um, uh, B. Rye says he'll get the bulk of the carries when we're resting players on week 18 because we'll have the division wrapped up by then. Well, that's all well and good, but again, it's August the 7th, so you haven't wrapped up shit. Uh, Jared Swain says, Buck, the offensive line was an issue last season. Sure. Acknowledge that. Uh, the Titans have done a lot of work in the offseason to address the offensive line. Also agree with that, but that doesn't mean it's better. Uh, right now, I would say that the offensive line is probably still their, their weakest position group. Um, I don't think that's going to be a very good unit this year, but we'll see. Right. I, you know, in the same way that I was saying, uh, kind of giving B. Rye a hard time about the idea of wrapping up the division on August the 7th. I, I don't know what that offensive line is going to look like on August the 7th. I know that, it, though, in practice, though, it doesn't look very good right now, even as the pads are on. I know Mike Vrabel felt a little better about them at, when they got the pads on or was a little more complimentary of them once they got the pads on. And we'll see what preseason, you know, uh, live action reps for the running game is as important. That's the most important thing, honestly, in preseason. Uh, you really get a chance to assess the running backs in the offensive line and defensive line that way. Uh, how has the line looked so far in practice? Bad. I mean, objectively bad. Like, uh, you know, they'll have moments, but defensive defensive line consistently day in and day out wins those matchups. And, you know, they'll have joint practice in Minnesota next week. They'll have, uh, they'll go against the New England Patriots here in Nashville uh, before their final preseason game. But I would say, uh, I would say that, what you have in uh, the offensive line is probably still the worst position group on the roster um, at this stage. Now we'll see practice is not indicative of everything. They will have live game reps to, to get a little better into, but you have, you're just basically the goal is to make Derrick Henry the best version of Derrick Henry humanly possible. And you can't do that behind that offensive line. You should also, uh, you should also uh, look at, look at alleviating some of Derrick's workload. He's not Derrick Henry of 2019. He's Derrick Henry of 2023. We're a long way removed from that AFC title run. And in running back years, that's an eternity. He's still a high-level player. He's still going to be one of the best weapons that they have. He's no longer the best weapon that they have on the offense because DeAndre Hopkins is here now. So you look at Derrick Henry, his efficiency needs to be better, and they need to find better ways to maximize his efficiency. I think that that, that Tajay Spears' presence on the roster can help do some of that under Tim Kelly. And that was something that Greg Cosell and myself talked about when uh, Greg joined me after practice today. It would make a lot of sense given what we've seen from Tim Kelly in years past. And I think that the presence of Tajay Sharp is uh, Tajay Spears, excuse me, I'm going to keep doing that with Tajay Sharp, former Titans wide receiver. Right. Uh, but I, I feel like over the course of time, like that, 
him being added into the offense along with all the other skill position players that they have, like that dude wasn't brought in here for five or six touches a game. No, and I think you'll see a couple of things to me are going, you know, and again, I'm in one practice, but just watching tape for years and years, knowing Tim Kelly, the offensive coordinator's background, you know, I think you're going to see more tempo in this offense, more no-huddle tempo. I think you're going to see more personnel packages, more f- diversity in formations. I mean, I would not be surprised at all to see what we call 20 personnel, meaning two backs, uh, because Tajay Spears can detach from the formation and be a receiver. He did that at Tulane, and he's good at it. I think you'll see those kinds of things, but I think you'll see a lot more tempo. Again, Mike Vrabel's still the head coach, and we know that his belief in football is that it is a physical game and that technique is very, very important, and that's the way he coaches, and they will do that. But I don't think that that's going to be the the weekly foundation no matter who they play. I think there'll be a little more diversity in their approach depending on the opponent. Yeah, and that's good news, right? D- diversity. It, you guys love Derrick Henry. You should. You absolutely should. Nobody nobody would ever fault you for not thinking the world of that man, right? He's done so much for you, and you want to continue to see him do well. He's probably many of your favorite players. He also needs life to be made a little bit easier on him. You want diversity. You don't want the you don't want the thing to be Derrick Henry on first down, Derrick Henry on second down, and you know what? We might just do Derrick Henry on third down too, because the biggest issue, if you have any issue with Todd Downing, is the fact that like, yeah, they had personnel deficiencies, and also they weren't scheming things up very well to make life any easier on those players than than you know the situation might have demanded. It may not have helped that much, but there is more help that could have been had. That's the reason Tim Kelly's here, and that's the thing that you have to keep in mind. Now, we're going to welcome in Bert very quickly because I just realized that my laptop has not been charged from practice today and that my uh, my charger is downstairs. So I will tell you that the uh, primetime show is made possible by the law offices of Amanda J. Gentry. Wherever justice demands, that is what Amanda J. Gentry and her incredible team provide to you. They are there to protect your constitutional rights. You may not know them. Many of us... Uh, Listen, we're not all constitutional law experts. That's what Amanda J. Gentry and her team are there to provide. They have practiced in Tennessee family and criminal courts in 35 counties in Tennessee. So it's not just not just a slogan. It's the words that they live by. Do not talk to the police without a lawyer to make sure that you are protecting your constitutional rights. Those are the me- That's the biggest message that Amanda J. Gentry wants you guys to understand. That and to understand that she is there to help protect you and your constitutional rights, amandajgentry.com is where you go. Uh, So we'll welcome in Bert for in case you missed it, and I think this one is also Titans-related. Hey, bud. What's going on, buddy? Nothing. Uh, Just uh, still running back in my – still running back in my head the idea of Lucas getting ice bucket challenged. It was very, very fun for me today. That was true, and I know your laptop's going to die because you didn't charge it. It's a, a negligent move on your part, but Agreed. I did want to give you a little over-under. What do you think happened more or will happen more? Notifications on your phone dinging during this show or Tajay Spears touchdowns? Oh, wait, are my laptop texts are coming through on the uh, on the primetime stream? Is that happening? Ba-ding! Oh, that's Ba-ding! awful. Sorry. Ba-ding! Do you know how many texts I get a day? It's the worst. you know why it takes me four and a half hours to respond to anybody via text? Because I get a thousand of them. Well, it's because I also sent you three during the show. So okay. uh, well, then, then you're doing it on purpose. It's your fault. 
<laughs> I, I had to make how sure. Does it, how does it feel to know that even when I have poison stuck into my forehead to keep me from looking angry, <laughs> you still piss me off for me to be able to scowl through the Botox in my forehead right now to convey to you they can't Botox out my neck veins? How? How? <laughs> it makes me feel good. It makes me feel good. Not as good as uh, some coaches are going to be if they get opportunities around the league like this because Vrabel announced today that he would not be coaching in the preseason. In his stead, uh, the defensive line coach is going to be taking the role as head coach. And here's what uh, the head coach had to say about it. I told the team and you know everybody involved here at the organization, uh, but Terrell Williams will act as the head coach for Chicago you know, starting on Friday. So I think this is a great opportunity him and for, for us and everybody involved. So uh, Big T will handle that. Clint will handle the, the defensive line. and So that will start on Friday. So you guys can handle that through Robbie um, and the communication when you talk to Big T and, and kind of steer towards that. And he'll talk to you after the game and I'll come back on on Sunday uh, and visit with you guys. So where are we? Hopefully, uh, your absence isn't due to anything. Oh, no, I'll be here. No, no, I'm going to be here. So is it more to give uh, Mm -hmm. Terrell the the opportunity and exposure uh, acting as a head coach and helping that? And how valuable is that? Well, again, that'll be something that you'll have to ask him uh, afterwards. But I just think that him dealing and talking with the trainer and, and, again, we'll have a lot of conversations between now and, you know, Friday, but just handling things with the roster and, and discussing those things with the assistant coaches and how we want to play the game or let them make those decisions in the game. And you know, we'll go into the game with things that we think we need to try to get done. And I'm sure he'll try to do that and I'll help them, you know, where, where, where need be. But I do think it will be a great opportunity, um, well-deserved. And so this is something that I wanted to do. What will you do? So that's Mike Vrabel speaking earlier at the press conference with us about Terrell Williams. That's who Big T is, for those of you who are unaware. This so, is your segment. No, so you put the comment up. How do you feel about Ooh, it? You you want to you want to do? We have tried this before. <laughs> the, the time that we tried it was almost the last time that I was ever on the radio again. You. Your uh the the reason that I love Bert and Lucas, but well, there's a great many reasons, I suppose. But uh the idea that either of you think you could get through the day to day without me is hilarious to me because I've heard what the Bert and Lucas show sounds like when I decide that I'm so upset with you that I'm just gonna no. stop talking. It's terrible. It's objectively that- terrible. The two of you flounder, and then you look at each other like both of you have just dropped a dead fish onto one another's lap. I've seen this show happen. It's a bad show. That's not true. That's not true at all. For some reason, you're the golden child and the golden goose, where everything that you do and it can never be wrong. Every Whatever you're doing at the, that time is the right thing to do. But Lucas and I, if we stray a little too far from the farm on our conversations, it's always get back in the pig pen, kids. So, But if, if Buck decides to take 45 minutes to rant about Bonnaroo, it's the, the, most, it's the, the entertainment weekly for, for the zone. So I, look, at, look at your eyebrows. <laughs> That's as much movement as I've got in my eyebrows right now. So I would say that uh, if I could use a buckism, uh, so I would say to you, 
uh, it's not the same uh, when when you're not there because we don't have the same kind of uh, the the rule bend that you have. But the Burt and Lucas show left to its own devices. We've talked a lot about Pokemon. We probably talk about like rocks and animals and mm. cats and whatnot. Be a good well, show if you enjoy those things. Rocks, animals, cats, and Pokemon cards. Uh, William Jones correctly says, "What you smoking on?" everything that makes him think that rocks animals and pokemon cards would be a good sports talk radio show all right well done by you we appreciate the perspective as always that's robert wall 6 to 10 a.m with ramon kayla and will get the the hell off my screen look at how bad you are at this (laughs) it's just he's just an unbelievable train wreck every time he's still trying you all can't see him when he's like this. He's still trying to figure out his camera situation. It's just a shit show. That's going to do it for us tonight. A lot of fun on the primetime show. Thanks for hanging out. Radio show, really, really fun. Go check. <laughs> no, he does not have alopecia like Josh Dobbs and Jada Pinkett Smith. Uh, I would say to you that you can go check out the interviews that we do at training camp on uh, the podcast page for the radio show. We will also upload the final hour of the radio show today and tomorrow that will feature Greg Cosell in the install feeds, and that will serve as this week's podcast for the install. Joe Rexroad of The Athletic is going to be this week's guest on the 615 sessions, and we'll talk about Botox and Titans training camp because Joe just sent me a button. You hear that dinging in the background? It's Rexroad currently peppering me, trying to get players' numbers that he doesn't have, but I have. Yes, I see you, Joe. You still need me. For a couple of different things. Unbelievable. Anyway, uh, that is uh, <laughs> is going to do it for uh, tonight's uh, show. We appreciate you guys as always. Jibo says, smoking train wreck. That If Bert had a strain, if Bert had his own strain, it would be called train wreck. It would be called train wreck or Winston. Uh, Winston is cat who's currently sitting on his lap. Who's to say? Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, Jibo says, I'll keep her. Keep her name out your mouth. Listen, I'm not trying to get smacked by Will Smith. And even if I did, like I said, the Botox would keep my face from moving at this point as I try and uh, try and maneuver my eyebrows and I'm not able to do so. So either way, have a great rest of your night. Josh Wiley, rookie tight end on the radio show tomorrow. And of course, we will catch you at the end of the day on A to Z Sports Primetime. See you guys. Well, are you surprised to hear that? <laughs> Certainly not. The first year we took it to the limit. And I was in Miami with my new beach house. Well, it was a couple minutes from the beach. It's been 20 years since then. We haven't been too strong in the last few years. Oh, we've been strong. We're just playing by the rules. You can't have a newcomer come in and steal a show.